0: They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with Ikea. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. (sighs) All right. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry.
1: Little fool for you, so life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful. Laugh a little more tight, tighten up because he can't. You're kicking it with four things with Amy Brown.
0: Happy Thursday, for things. Amy here, and my guest today is someone that has been on the podcast before. In fact, Someone that I used to co host a podcast with because I have Lisa Haim on, and she's the co founder of Outway with me. That's when our friendship really blossomed. We were friends online, but Outway brought us together in person, and we've been friends ever since. She's a registered dietitian, a mom, a wife. She's the creator of the Me Treat and host of Truthiest Life podcast. Hey, Lisa. Hello.
2: Yeah, you forgot that I'm on your podcast network, the Amy Brown Podcast Network. Hello.
0: Well, I said you're the host of that. I'm happy to have you on it. I guess I just sometimes I feel weird bringing up Amy Brown Podcast Network.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm going to bring it up because I want your audience to know that you are so different than anybody else I've ever met in my life. And I'm so grateful to work with you and for you-ish in the network sense. And for them to know that in this very strange season of my life, the last six months, particularly where I stopped working, stopped podcasting, you who was in charge of this network really gave me the freedom to really like get let myself get lost and didn't put the pressure on. And I think a lot of relationships, friendships, when business or creation is involved, it gets tricky. And you and I have come together many times for things, and then we've moved in different ways, and we've wiggled and moved. And I just, I hope your audience knows that you are as real as it gets, and what you see is what you get with you. Because for me, it's been the most refreshing to have that in my life and to have somebody so consistent. So thank you.
0: Well, Lisa, thank you. I mean, the feeling is mutual. And I love that you're my guest today you've got four totally different things for us that I'm very excited to chat about. The first thing will be embracing lost seasons of life and sitting in our discomfort. Second thing, getting comfortable with being nude in a non-sexual way. Third thing, the power of female friendships and unleashing your fierce feminine fire. And inside that, we're going to be talking about me treats and why they're so amazing. And then fourth thing will be a fake urgency And removing the time scarcity mindset.
2: Yeah, we're going everywhere today into really important topics.
0: Really important topics. (laughs) Uh, First thing, that's right. All right, Lisa, let's talk lost seasons of life and sitting in discomfort. So this is a really hot one for me, and I'm really passionate about it, and I'm also very
2: experienced in it. The last six months, I, I. got completely lost in who I am, what my purpose is. If I was even ever going to do something like be on your podcast, do my own podcast, show up on Instagram. Like I was just kind of like, I need to let myself turn into a puddle. I happen to have a very intense last year for anybody who's been through intense things or seasons of life. We all have, right? You know, what comes after is kind of like, it's just all feels very daunting and heavy. And it can also feel very hard to do simple things. And that was kind of where I found myself burnt out, maybe running anxious, depressed. And I had to really just like remove all of my identities and let myself get lost. Now, you might not have to do all of those things that I did in order to find yourself lost. You might just be feeling lost. But what I found from this experience that I think we can all extract is how important it is to reframe our relationship to being lost. I think a lot of us think of like lost as bad, found as being good, right? But- Instead, like if we remove the attachment, the good, the bad, the labels to it, they're just states of being right. Sometimes we're lost. Sometimes we're found. And every time I felt afraid to be lost, I'd imagine myself like swimming up to the top of the ocean looking for air. And I find my heart beating and I felt so scared to be lost that I was like, I got to figure this out. I got to come back to the surface. And right before I'd come back to get air, I'd dive back down and I'd be like, okay, be okay being lost, be okay being lost. this happened a few times in my life, especially with like going off of social media, even for personal use, I found that I became kind of obsolete in knowing like what was going on in pop culture and things like that, where I'd go out with my friends and I didn't know what they were talking about. That made me feel like I didn't have a sense of like belonging. I was becoming too weird over there, but I stuck with it. I felt nervous, but I stayed with it. And the more I stayed with Lost, the more Lost became my state of found. And I know this sounds really strange, but it's like- the ego dissolved. All of my fears dissolved. And the more I stayed in this state, the more I kept opening doors that I didn't even know existed to myself and just information about who I truly am. So I really want to help people recognize that you will be lost again. You will be found again. You will be lost again. You will be found again. There is no permanency to either of these states. And if we can lean into the lost feeling and just remove the ego, the fear, the, you know, feeling like we need to figure it all out right now. I can't stay in the state. If we can stay with the discomfort, it actually gets so comfortable that the
0: state of being changes how it feels. I had to spend a lot of time getting comfortable in the uncomfortable. And how did it feel? (laughs) And I think, uh, yeah, it felt really uncomfortable for a while because what I was used to was what was normal for me in that season. I mean, I have a lot of different seasons, but one in particular was very chaotic. And I think when things weren't chaotic, I'm like, well, wait a second. (laughs) I kind of need them to be. So sometimes I was my own worst enemy because I was then creating chaos so I could feel comfortable again. Mm. So that was something that showed me, oh, wow, I am really uncomfortable with something that actually would be healthier For me and I keep going back to the pattern back to this other thing because that's what I know even though it's toxic or not healthy or and and I was part of the problem like it's it was me and sure there were other players involved but if I ever wanted to get unstuck from that I was I had to learn to be comfortable with the uncomfortable so I could work my way through it
2: Right. So whenever you got uncomfortable, you found yourself latching to chaos, creating it, creating drama in some way, rather than being sitting with the state of ah, right? <laughs> so I think that's also really beautiful and important to recognize that when you sit in the puddle of of lost in the difficult seasons, you're gonna start grasping for things, whether that's Amy creating chaos or whatever your version of like rushing to the surface back is, the best thing you can do is recognize and become aware. And These are normal things. Like Amy, I hear you say it's a me problem. And it's like that's a we problem. And it's not even a problem. When we are in any state of fear, we try to run. That is biological. But at some point we need to put a hand on our heart and say, Yes, this is scary, but I am safe and I'm going to sit with this. And that can be really hard, especially because stillness tending to yourself are not things that we are necessarily taught or normalized. In fact, they're probably very insidiously shamed. Like we're told to not be sensitive as little girls. We're told not to cry. We're told to get over it, You know, and even possibly worse for men too. So really being able to show up for yourself when you're that most vulnerable takes becoming so acutely aware of the inner state and your patterns, and then dropping even further into the discomfort. But the coolest part of that is if you drop back into that discomfort and you stay with it for just a minute, it gets comfortable. And then
0: the magic starts happening. It's cool to get to know the different versions of you. Mm. And, you know, you mentioned that it's this isn't going to be you're not just lost once and then found. There's going to be times where you feel lost again and then you feel found again. That terrifies me. But each time you get to learn new things about you that you never knew and that used to be a little bit scary but now i'm like oh hey new part of me that was probably there all along i just didn't know it but nice to meet you and thanks for being here to like help me on this journey I love what you said,
2: because you said part of myself that's always been there. And the purpose of a me treat is not to transform. We use the word transform a lot because you'll leave transformed, but you leave transformed because you're coming home to yourself. And that's something that I think I'm also really passionate about sharing when it comes to wellness is like, you don't have to change. You just have to go inside. Right. And it's like, then you go inside and yes, things change, but they're coming from your
0: place of truth. And the way you, you said that was really beautiful. Second thing. all right so Lisa and I were on the phone yesterday voice text maybe you sent me a voice text I sent you one which feels like a phone call to me but you said hey look I I don't know if we can go there but can we talk about being okay with uh, being nude (laughs) and I was thinking yeah I think that that's a great topic especially the way you wanted to approach it and what you really mean by that because it's something that I know I'm not talking about enough in my own friend group. And I think that this will help spark some conversations for people.
2: Yeah. So this just organically came up for me, the thought, the feeling, the importance of of all of it. So, you know, my history, right. I came from disordered eating. I came from body dysmorphic. I came from body checking, obsessed world. And I freed myself from all of that. And that being said, like I get dressed with ease and I, I'm not looking in the mirror every day looking to see if a new ab came in or, you know, I'm, I'm just not as obsessed as I was in my in my 20s, thank God. But now that I'm in my mid-30s, moving, I guess, into my late 30s, uh, 35 exactly, I'm starting to notice that my body is changing and not necessarily changing in the ways that the world obsesses obsessed about, such as weight gain. It's literally changing form from stretch marks to like gross anatomy. You know, I've had a baby the way my ribs are. And and even if I didn't have a baby, just we're always in relationship to gravity. So we are like shifting and changing at all times are the way our bones are laying in our bodies are slightly rotating. And really, these subtle things are happening all of the time. Anyway, have you ever been to a Korean spa or any sort of non-American spa? I haven't. Okay, well, pretty much all other cultures are doing it so much better than us, but specifically Korean spas in general, where the Korean culture is so beautiful. The women are just like, so in my opinion, like in their bodies, but they're nude spas essentially. So you walk around completely nude, you shower nude, you go in the the pools nude, like everything's nude just with women. And I recently went and as like a very like white American with not a lot of these diverse cultural experiences, I was blown away in how comfortable these women were being in their bodies. And I obviously didn't want to stare because that's weird, but I felt so much comfort seeing what bodies look like ages 50, 60, 70, probably 80 year olds there too, just walking around. And I was like, this is so weird because I've never seen bodies like this. And we typically think about like commercials and women and and how toxic, right? Like Victoria's Secret models are and, and the typical person we see. But I think perhaps even more toxic is the fact that we don't see what aging bodies look like. So we should know that we can't fight the inevitable sag floppiness and that there's also like beauty in real women. And so lately I've been doing yoga at home and I get kind of hot and I end up just like taking off my layers by myself completely. And I'm starting to like notice my own body. And with that, I'm noticing these changes and it's really cool to just be the observer And as I was doing that, and I was just like being a witness to my body, like, okay, this looks different. This looks different. I don't look 20 anymore, right? Not fighting that. And instead I was like, this is why we are all struggling. We are never with our nude bodies, right? We go to doctor's offices and we feel so weird. Obviously the lighting is like awful for everybody and nobody likes to be in that cold, sterile environment. We go to dressing rooms and again, the bright lights are on us to the point where like we go to sleep in pajamas. We wake up, we get dressed. The only time that we're nude is like if we're doing something sexual, maybe. And I think that there's something really important about like unsexualizing this conversation and getting to know your nude body. And again, this is like a little bit, I guess also I should say a trigger warning for anybody who is going through the body dysmorphic stages. Like this was not something I could do in my early 20s without attaching the voice that said, "Okay, you can't do this tomorrow. You have to eat this. Don't eat that. Go to the gym. You know, that voice was the constant narrative. And so for anybody in that stage, I just want to caution that this might not be the best fit for you right now. It might cause extra obsessing. But for somebody that does feel like, hmm, I'm interested to take this leap get on your yoga mat, get in front of a mirror and just like look at your body and even notice what's coming up. Maybe even bring a journal because negative stuff might just start trickling in there and write it down. If you have to get it out, get it out and then just be with self and any opportunities that (laughs) it's going to sound weird, but to see older women's bodies in normalcy, I just think is something that culturally, I would love to see, because I think we're not just like we're always talking about weight loss and all of that. But I think we're all fighting to
0: look like we're 20 and it's literally impossible. Yeah, no, I mean, it's hard, especially when you're around a lot of young people all the time. And that's what you're seeing. And then you I do sometimes. Yeah, I have to remind myself, Okay, yeah, I'm turning 43 this year. Somehow the expectations are way off. You know, especially when it comes to aging, and I would rather meet my body where it is. And I don't have my mom anymore. I feel like maybe that's another, that's an older body that I maybe would have seen, but since she's no longer here, it's like, okay, well, where, where do you find these older bodies?
2: And that's what I'm saying. It's like, even if you're not around young people, like you are like, I'm not really around that many young people, but still like the beauty standard in my mind is still a more youthful toned, specific body. Like I want to see on billboards. I know that's like a little archaic, but like, I want to see bodies, not like necessarily covered up. And to your point about your mother, even growing up, like I didn't really see my mother nude because she too probably wasn't with her nude self. And I think for us mothers too, to be examples for our children, and it doesn't have to be full nude, right? We could be in our underwear or less. I just think it's important for us to have these conversations about our bodies without the sexualization component. Like there are people encouraging to be with your body and be sexual, even in your feminine state. That's not what I'm saying here. That's all fine, but that's not my message. (laughs) My message is just, be with yourself, witness the changes happening so that you don't spend your entire life trying to be the freaking impossible, right? Even the most beautiful 85-year-old woman does not have a 20-year-old body. So at some point, we need to recognize the subtle changes. And I don't know, I've just found it to be a really cool thing, especially given my past, where if I looked at my body, it was like, how can I change it to just be like, oh, cool, we're on our way here. Like, Mid 30s, moving into 40s. It's different and it's cool.
0: And so that's what you've been doing at home after yoga. You just, if you feel the urge, then you just strip it down. And do you journal through it too, or that's just your advice?
2: Yeah, that was just some advice that came up as I was saying it. Honestly, like I think being in movement has been really cool because it's one thing to be static in front of the mirror or be in a picture. And that's what we see on Instagram. And that's a big part of the problem. We see beautiful people not in motion. And when we move, whether we're turning this way, that way, creases, folds, bellies, this, like things change. And so I think it's even cooler to be in motion and see your joints moving, folds happening and being just witness to it all. But if you're not there, you don't have to start there, but just look in the mirror or just look at your own body and spend a little time being like, hey, that's cool. That's new. That's different. Okay. Okay that's that.
0: (laughs) Well, no, you've encouraged me for sure. This is something that I haven't been intentional about at all whatsoever. And with my 43rd birthday approaching, I think this is a really good time to start practicing this. From a health perspective, too. I know we talk
2: about like breast scans all the time, too. Like even touching your own body, getting to know it is a foreign thing. And again, not sexual but the more you know your own body, the more likely you are to notice a change in it that needs medical intervention or eyes on it,
0: even a mole. Yeah. Also good timing for me because when I hang up with you, I am headed to an OBGYN appointment and I will be in the bright lights, cold, sterile. And I, had, I was already this morning when I woke up, I was already thinking of like, oh gosh, I'm going to have to go and take off my clothes and put my legs like it's just the most uncomfortable thing ever. But you know what I'm going to practice when I get there? Being with my body in that moment and having gratitude for the care that I'm about to get. Right. So a lot of us are guilty of doing that whole last minute shopping thing when it comes to holidays, like Mother's Day you might be in that position right now. And that makes it challenging to find a great gift for mom. But don't worry. Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. So whether the mom in your life is a fashionista or maybe even a photographer or a fanatic about yoga, Macy's Gift Finder has got so many great gift ideas to make her feel special. Now, Mother's Day is May 12th. So make sure you make note of that. Don't have much time. That's okay. Macy's has got you covered. And you can shop by price, $25 and under or $100 and under. You can shop by category, fragrances, handbags, and more. Or they've got gift lists like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, or gifts for grandma.
1: This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with Ikea. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget.
0: So Lisa, when it comes to the power of female friendships, I immediately think of the women in our mastermind group and the fierce female fire that I got from our meeting last week.
2: I left that call feeling so good. And all it was was a 60-minute Zoom with women who I know through work. And yet the energy, it was like everybody just lifted each other up. And I feel like, did you leave that call feeling that way?
0: I didn't want it to end.
2: The The real thing that I really want to encourage people to know is that women, when they come together in the form of female friendship, can be the most incredible life-changing thing. And I think a lot of us are afraid to make female friendships, afraid to be our true selves with women. And yet like when we are in truth with each other and in presence with each other, the most incredible energies from within are unlocked. I'm somebody that could easily be home and just be a homebody to the point where I forget what I need. But as the world shifts and my you know I became a mother two and a half years ago too as I get back out there and I spend time with women either virtually or in person I'm reminded of how electric and necessary it is that we as women stick together stay together talk to each other and also create intergenerational, leaps between us. So not just 20 year olds talking to 20 year olds, not 30 year olds talking to 30 year olds, 40, whatever, but rather like 30 year olds having conversations with 50 year olds, 60 year olds. So we can know what's coming next and not be so jolted by every experience.
0: Well, do you have an example of what this can look like? I have
2: a friend, she had some vaginal issues post to having three kids. She was in her 60s and she was talking about the surgeries that she had to have and the repair. And then she's also newly single. So going back out into the world with her new lady parts. And honestly, just like the conversation was so refreshing because I feel like it was the first time that I had like a lens into like, maybe not necessarily my future, but the future of of what many women are going through. It's very rare that your body just even stays the same or that you're talking about like the intricacies, the social, emotional intricacies that come with surgeries and dating and things that are happening to everyone, everywhere. But even more powerful, what I have seen come alive that ignites like a ferocity is when women in groups come together. Last year, I hosted my first treat, So it's a retreat that I host and it's an intensive introspective immersion. And we brought almost 20 women together from all over the US mostly. And we were together for four or five days in Guatemala and there was zero clickiness. And there was a point where I like looked over and i see that everybody talking and everybody's different races and nationalities and ages and i'm like wow this is beautiful stripped of like trying to be things that they were not they were just talking about their problems and each person was either deeply listening and saying nothing and sitting back or jumping in with advice in a way that was just awesome and to this day this this group we stick we we talk to each other every single month we come together for a little zooms and this April, in two months from now, we're hosting another Me treat, and this one's going to be in Mexico. And I did a site visit with my co-host, this woman, Tracy, and we left this place feeling like we unleashed our fierce feminine energy. I don't know if you've seen the branding, but we're using like tigers and jungle. It is in the jungle, but like really powerful stuff. And it's, it's really not for no reason. It's like once you tap into that source of yourself, and it's really hard to do, by the way, in the worlds that we live in, where we pay bills and we have all this, these to-do lists and responsibilities, but once you connect back to that divine source that is within each and every one of us, a flame erupts that makes you absolutely unstoppable. And when you're in group with other women doing that, it's like one flame is burning the next flame and it's becoming this like huge, beautiful fire. And it's not just like a fire that's blazing. It's an intentional fire. And I've just been like so amazed and humbled by how important feminine friendships are in our lives and how scarce they are because of the societal norms and beliefs that we have about how women should act with one another. There's a little bit of like a scarcity mindset of like, there's not enough men or she's going to take my man or like that stuff that just feels like so 1980 that we got to leave behind because this is what we need.
0: Well, I love that you're bringing women together with your Me Treats. If there is a way that I can make it to this year's trip in Mexico, like I'll be there. And if people want to go, I know there's limited spots and we'll link all the info in the show notes. But something that you're doing that is really, really cool, that is a gift to us this Sunday, February 11th, is a free mini Me Treat online. And I think this is really good for those that can't get away to Mexico so what can we expect from this gift that you're giving us on Sunday, this virtual mini me treat? It's going to
2: be yoga, breath work, journaling, chanting, like just come. Don't even like ask questions. It's free. Turn your video on. You can be quiet, but just be in the presence
0: of what we're going to create. Okay. Details for that will be in the show notes as well. And what would you suggest for someone that wants to host their own little me treat like at their house to stir up some feminine energy?
2: Grab a couple of your girlfriends and tell everybody that they need to bring one journal prompt. So each person is going to bring one prompt. Bring your journals, a pen, and you're each going to go around, do the prompt, write in your journal, and then share together. Because the important thing here is the sharing. It's the getting it out of your body so that you are clearing your consciousness and putting it out there. And then it's hearing back what you said. And then it's also hearing what others have to say. And this encourages us to keep being open and honest with each other in a way that propels us forward
0: as females instead of like gatekeeping and feeling so guarded. Well, this reminds me again of our mastermind. I mean, I know we rotate who leads each week, but the leader always comes with a prompt, a question or a thought that they lay out. And then we go around the Zoom and each person shares in relationship to the prompt. And of course, when I say or hear the word prompt, I always think of Allie Fallon, who is in our mastermind and also a part of the network. Her podcast is called Write Your Story, and she shares so many prompts there. She also shares them on Instagram. She's at Allie Fallon. And well, since I'm at it, and I talked about Allie's podcast, I'm on with Lisa. Now we should share everyone that's on the network. So there's Allie's Write Your Story. There's Kat Defada, You Need Therapy. She's also the co-host of The Fifth Thing with me on Tuesdays. Amanda Rieger-Green has Soul Sessions. Megan Devine has It's Okay That You're Not Okay. Leanne Ellington has What's God Got To Do With It. Then there's the podcast that Lisa and I started together. That's Outway, which Leanne is on that now. And then there's Lisa's podcast, The Truthiest Life. And then I feel like I've got to shout out Houston, our producer. I don't got to shout him out. I want to shout him out. Houston Tilly, I mean, he's the best. And then there's the executive producer of our network, Elizabeth Fazio. None of these would happen without them. So many amazing women. I mean, Houston's a man, but I think he appreciates our fierce feminine energy. And Lisa, I feel like everyone in our mastermind group will love your mini me treat on Sunday. So you should definitely send details out on our our group text, which to everyone listening, I mean, it took me forever to finally start a mastermind after, having it in my back pocket for way too long. I can't encourage you enough to start meeting with women in your life in this way. And as for Sunday, I mean, Lisa, I definitely hope that I'm able to join in on that. Your
2: life will be changed. Seriously, Tracy, my co-host, not because of me. Tracy, my co-host is just such an incredible guide into self. And once you tap into that self, it's like... (laughs) eyes wide open. Like it's, it's just such an incredible, alive feeling. And I also just want to say one last thing that if the word mastermind just feels too businessy for anybody out there who doesn't have colleagues or specific, like it could be a sacred circle. It could be a women's group. It could be a knitting group. Like it can be any way that women come together and talk freely.
0: Men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And all Tacova's boots are made by hand If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Ah, uh, summer, the best time of the year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices, and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With Ikea, your plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really Any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget.
0: Okay, Lisa, this is one of my favorite newsletters that you sent out late last year, and it was titled Fake Urgency. So explain to people what fake urgency is and why you have felt the need to write about it, talk about it. I think if I
2: ever write a book, this might be where I'm going. So fake urgency is everywhere and you probably just know it as urgency. Things needing to get done at a certain time, things in your own life, having babies, getting married, the career goals, all of those things, the urgency and the time pressures we put on on it. If you have children, maybe rushing them, Okay, we got to do this. We got to get out the door. All of the ways that we have urgency. I'm going to take it one step further, which I'll explain perhaps in a moment, which is also in relationships as a way to. You might, this might be happening to you, or you might be using it as a tactic to get close to somebody. And that can look like creating drama, like or chaos, like Amy had mentioned, to get somebody's attention urgently, or using time as a threat of why you need to make up, meaning like. Life is short. You're my brother. You're my sister. You're my mom. You're my dad. We only have so much time together. And yes, all of those things are real. But when we put urgency with them, we stop living in truth and we stop listening to what we actually need. Amy, one of the things that I was really in pursuit of when taking the social media break was how to get more space in my life. So I know that I can't change how many hours are in a day, but I wanted to change my relationship to it because, you know, when you go out with like a girlfriend and you have a really good time And you look, think back on the night and you can like, it just feels like spacious. Like you can like think about all the different topics that you talked about, right? Yeah. It's life-giving. It's life-giving, right? And then you have the moments where you're like so stressed at a family dinner to the point where you just feel so restricted, right? Those are the same, let's say they're both an hour long. One can be life-giving and one can be life constricting. Let's just say that. And I wanted to figure out how I could have more ease and spaciousness with time, And one of the things I started to realize is that urgency is everywhere. The phone dings with a text message. Okay, I need to check this right now. The phone rings. I need to pick this up right now. I have to check my email. I need to respond to this right now. And sure, certain things do need urgent response, but most don't. And all these function as are distractions to our state of being. And I think that this is just something that continues, even though I work on this. It sneaks up on me kind of like a wave behind my back, pushing me forward. Where like, I'm calm, calm, calm. And then all of a sudden the wave comes. Like for example, January 1st, all December, I was in my holiday stride. We were singing jingle bells at home, spacious living, January one clicked. And like my brain was like, okay, and it's the next year and we need to get back to work and we need to get this done and this done and this done. And I was like, whoa, like we made up the calendar year. Like nothing actually changed <laughs> besides for the next day. So this isn't something that I'm just working on and really trying to fine tune so that I can be a safer presence for other people and a safer presence for myself.
0: Yeah, I think there's obviously deadlines that you have to pay attention to with work. So this can't apply to everything, but I think that's why it's called fake urgency. It's the urgency we put on things where really there is no reason that you have to reply to that text message at that moment. And I think of times that I'm with my kids and my phone goes off or I see that work email and I somehow have created, I need to reply to this right now. So instead of being present with you, I'm going to take time to email this other person because they're more important when really I know if I were to sit and really think about it, that I could reply to that email even five hours from that moment. But I also just didn't want to forget to reply or something. So I thought, okay, I need to do that in this moment, but I'm taking away from my present state and kids notice that and they notice our energy around, come on, come on, come on, i to go, 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 go. Like I don't even wake my kids up anymore for things with urgency. I, I try to be calm when I go in to wake them up because I've done it the other way. And then I have yeah. read multiple things that talk about how it's just not a good way for them to wake up and start their day at all. So I have to be intentional about making sure I'm waking them up with enough time and that I go in their room with a calm presence and it's time to get up. We are going to get ready now and we get to go do this. And I try to watch that language too of like, we have to go here now. Or instead of have to, it's like, oh, okay, we, we get to go do this or I get to go do this. And so just approaching things with that energy has really helped the vibe in our home.
2: Yeah. I don't think you even needed to read the book to even just tap into self and be like, this feels terrible for everybody. And going back to the deadline thing, of course we have deadlines, but then there's also this perceived urgency of, I got to get it done, right? And if we could just take one step back, I believe we could remove this like time scarcity mindset that we have, this fear of the clock ticking that is like within all of us, better answers to our deadlines would come out, better responses, better work, whatever it is. If we could remove that feeling of intensity that comes with the urgency, yes, a deadline is of course real but the urgency, the impending, the, I only have this much time versus I only have this much time, right? To settle into it can just feel very different, but we have to practice on the day to day when we're getting swooped up. And it's so interruptive to presence. Like, I don't know. I think it also like older generations, my dad, for example, if his phone rings, he can't not pick it up and he doesn't understand the idea of I can let that go to voicemail or I'll call them back. So we can be in the middle of a conversation and it's important to me. And then he picks up the phone. Oh, hi, can I call you back? It's like, but now we just lost our connection. And that goes with any type of relationship, whether it's parental, romantic, sibling or friendship, recognizing that things can wait is really, really hard, especially because the distractions feel good. We're not good at staying with each other because we have so many distractions by way of Instagram and social media that staying with somebody for an extended period of time honestly could feel feel too vulnerable. But again, stick with that and see the connections that come from that.
0: I like that you clarified the mindset around a deadline because I think that can also apply to even moments in your kitchen when you're cooking because my brain immediately went to my tone, my vibe. When last Sunday we were doing an impromptu dinner, someone came to town, my kids had friends over. I had another friend stopping by and I decided to just make it a dinner. But I went to the grocery store last minute. Everything was last minute. And now I only have this much time to get it done. But I really, I wanted to do it, but my language around it and my the nervous pace system, of my, like my nerve, yes, it was very, oh, it just didn't feel good. And then by the time we sat down at the dining room table, every seat full, and it was life-giving at that moment, I got to calm down and relax. But as you were speaking, I'm like, oh, well, I was under pressure and I did only have a certain amount of time, but I think it would have better served me in that moment to be like, okay, we only have an hour to get all this stuff done, and it will get done, and we're going to enjoy this time. But I think, I don't think I know, I created some chaos in my kitchen while everybody was gathered around the bar. They're all having a good time, but I was, you know, slamming doors and, oh, okay, watch the oven, and oh, get this pan, and somebody, uh oh, you know. I think I even burnt my hand. Like, I caused extra It's so relatable, everything you're saying. And
2: just because I've talked about any of these topics today, by the way, does not mean that I'm like a pro at them. It's just things that are hopefully everybody knows me like I don't I'm not sitting from a state of like, I do this. So you should I'm sitting from like, I'm working through this every day and I am getting it wrong 50 percent of the time. And then I am like, wow, okay, I did it again. I did it again. But the, the kitchen one with the banging and then the burning yourself, like also clues are everywhere when we are acting with urgency. Our nervous systems don't like it. And so we are we are clumsy. We are And we get ourselves hurt a lot of the time.
0: Well, so I'll kind of end this thing with encouragement to do impromptu things, even if they seem impossible in the moment, because you just do not feel like there's time for it. I think that falls under this fake urgency talk of like you doubting that you're able to get it done when it needs to get done. Because had I had that attitude and I was super close to not doing it on Sunday I would have missed out on the life giving part because once we sat down at that table and then we all got up it was so good for the kids it was so good for my friends we did those little conversation cards and went around and everybody answered them and then we got s'more stuff and we built a fire and we all transferred from the dining room to the living room and started doing s'mores and it ended up being the best night ever and it was totally Unplanned. and thankfully my nervous system calmed down and I was able to enjoy it. But I'm also proud of myself for doing it and persevering. But I think honestly too, because it's one of my friends was right there with me and was like, hey, we got this, no problem. But if it had been up to me, I would have missed out on Sunday. So I leave you with that encouragement on this fake urgency thing of don't get in the way of a life-giving time because you think there's not time for it. Beautiful, mic drop. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Takovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Takovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Takovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period.